I'll start messing up your sound. That doesn't uh, make any sense. <laughs> so you're all of a sudden the president of things that make sense? <laughs> In this conversation, I am. <laughs> okay, fine. Welcome, Welcome to Realm, a podcast for Xennials. Hi. Hello. Oh my God. It's been a minute. <gasps> it's been too long, my friend. Can I? Okay. I'm jumping right in. Um, I Do was, it. I was looking at things in anticipation of sort of like a 2021 roundup. <laughs> and um, one of the facts I read this morning is that Americans are eating more beef than ever before. <laughs> And <laughs> where's the beef? Um, and I guess that surprised me because it feels like there's a trend towards vegetarianism, veganism with all the, you know, new vegan products flooding the market and, and all that stuff. So I was surprised to read that Americans are eating more beef than ever. Yeah, but also keto. Sure. Uh, also, I feel like people are a little bit like, fuck it. Maybe. This past you year, know what I, mean? I don't give a yeah. fuck. Right? Like, yeah. It's, it's been real. Can you believe that like 2021 is about to be over? Um, what? I, it's bizarre to me. Like, it's bizarre to me. I cannot... that's what I have to say about that right yes I agree that like I this year just like I it it was like I feel like a blip it was a blip I it wasn't I was thinking about how to characterize 2021 and I was struggling because wasn't the worst year of my life in fact a lot of great things happened for me um but it was an incredibly challenging year. Yeah. I feel like I just blinked and it was over. Yeah. Also, like, I feel like my world got small again in a weird way. After, you know, and not not like that we're going to get too much into politics here, but after, like, the beginning of 2021 and the election and all that hullabaloo I felt like I could I had to I, I I could stop worrying about the bigger picture and focus much more on sort of my little world within the bigger picture yeah did you feel like that well I think in some ways I felt like I didn't have a choice yeah um especially this year being a teacher that there there really wasn't any other choice. Like I, it was, it, you just had to, you had to be where you were. Like, I, I, I have to be where I am. I have to be focused on like teaching is difficult this year and it has been difficult all year long, right? Like it was hard coming back into the classroom at the beginning of last year in the very weird way that we did that. Um, where we had hybrids, so I had some kids who were in the room and some kids who were not in the room, 
and then coming back full time this fall and and dealing with sort of the ramifications of the virtual year, um, which have been significant even in kindergarten. So I I feel like I think that's part of the reason this year has like flown by so fast to me is just because like I am in it. And are you eating more beef? I am eating no beef at all still. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not me. I'm not the reason the numbers are I'm blaming it on Megan. Megan is the reason why Americans are eating more beef. Um, So uh, to catch everybody up, um, I have been quarantining at home over Christmas. Yay, COVID. I got COVID again. Super fun. I'm very grateful it wasn't that bad. On the mend. Quarantining is tomorrow. Um, so happy you got your booster so that you, you right you, like you how much worse would it have been if i yeah. hadn't gotten my booster mm-hmm. like it was basically like a cold i could function i, I could have yeah. like if i had work i could have attended zoom meetings did you know that um gen z now also has a new nickname called zoomers oh because of zoom meetings yeah they're the zoomer oh. generation Sure. I feel like that's kind of fitting, actually. Like, Not they're because like, of the... They're also the first generation to, like, grow up with FaceTime and all that stuff being normal. Like, it not being a new technology. Right. Like, and everything is digital to them. So, like, yeah. they're very... I feel like their their brains function differently mm-hmm. than us old fogies. Yeah. Um. Now that my year has been... <laughs> started and ended with COVID, how would you define, like, what are some bookends for your year? Um, that's a really interesting question. I, I have them sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question. I think, uh, this sounds very interesting, but the weather, Oh, so Memphis started, it it was not until the beginning of February, but like, you know, uh, it was, it was monumental sort of for Memphis that like, we Mm -hmm. had like a two week fucking snowstorm. Oh, cute. Like it snowed and like, it's the South. So we ain't got snow plows and we ain't got like, right. You don't don't have like the backup, like ice Uh or the the salt, whatever to de-ice things. You do not have it. So yeah. Memphis was, I mean, the city was shut down for like two weeks. Like mm-hmm. we were very fortunate that we never lost power and neither did my folks, um, which is really great. You know, they've got my grandma at home with them. So that was really, that was really important, but it was, it was like desperately cold and just covered mm-hmm. in snow for a couple of weeks. And it was really, really weird. You know, I mean, everybody was working at home at the time. So like, it was just, it was just being trapped in this little bubble. Um, and then we have ended the year with a 75 degree Christmas. Oh my God. Yes. Global warming. Right. And in the middle, you know, tornadoes and floods and everything else. So it's, uh, I feel like the weather has been, it has felt very prominent to me this year. Okay. All right. Does that have anything to do with your exploration into the Wicca too? Or no? Um, you know, I don't, 
I don't know. That's an interesting, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I feel like for me, a lot of that exploration has been about uh, the seasons and in a way to sort of understand my own seasonal affective disorder. Um, Mm -hmm. and to, and to come to grips a little bit more with the darkness and the lack of sun. Mm. Um, and I think it's been really helpful for me in that way that like, that I'm more conscious of the passage of time for the, for the planet and like awareness of, um, so I think that it's possible that the, that the awareness I'm having of the weather is because of the Wicca, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that i i do feel i do feel like it puts me more in touch with this is a real hoity-toity thing to say i suppose but it puts me more in touch with nature <laughs> yes. um and it and it and it gives me more of an more of an inclination to spend time in nature right like i'm more mm-hmm. aware of like i'm feeling very like overloaded and trapped in and like i've been staring at screens nonstop for a week like i need to go take a walk in the woods like yeah yeah steven i've done a little bit more like sort of going out to the to the um like state park and taking hikes and like trying to be more you know and like even we have a big park in the middle of the city here um and there are like actual trees and kind of the woods. And so you can feel a little bit more grounded and a little bit more. Um... Uh, side note, there's a, there's a beautiful park that I walk through every day on my way to and from work called Madison Square Park. Um, it's a really cute park that also has its own little cute Shake Shack. Um, <laughs> random. Um, yeah. So I walk through this cute little park, Madison Square Park, and um they just removed them, but all summer long, um, I, I thought of this because you you said we have actual real trees in our park, um, which, you know, my head went to, so do you have fake trees too? Um, and in Madison Square Park, they had this art installation of dead trees in the middle of the park. Wow. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to be a New Yorker about that shit, Madison Square Park. They're like, oh, here's a lovely park, but let us remind you that everything dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> they just removed them and removing them was like like a multi-week affair. Cause they had to like dig them up and then like repack the, it was this whole thing and then all these trees dead trees basically went to the wood chipper and i was like oh <laughs> now they're really dead 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 it's the circle of life you know okay simba simmer down <laughs> um uh, my i think if we're talking bookends i think my year was also bookended by um art and uh, uh, at the end of last year, I was supposed to make my my film, and it got pushed to the beginning of twenty twenty one. It's almost been a year since I made my first film, um, but that sort of kicked off the year. And but the end of twenty twenty similarly was a year where I was like, I was starting to like really feel the urge to need to be creative again. And it's exciting that I'm now feeling more settled in New York and um, have the space to want to, you know, 
be able to explore that realm again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, um, I think I think there's been an interesting dichotomy for me this year or, or exploration or something where like 2020 definitely if it had a gift and it did that it was that space and that time to like <clears throat> live in yourself and to be aware of of how much time I was spending on other things. Mm-hmm. Um so I have I have been very aware especially in the later half of this year of how busy I am and like how, mm-hmm. how little time that allows me to do all of the other things that, that really matters to me. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so, and so trying to navigate that and to figure out what I can let go of and where is the space that I can, that I can give myself that time back um, has, has been a really interesting and, and difficult challenge where is the space <laughs> that was a back bend dear yeah <laughs> um uh you know that's it's interesting that you say that because one thing that i think i forgot about during 2021 was space um mm-hmm. and and i think and i don't know if others can relate but as there was some returning to, I won't say it, the N word, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the other N word. <laughs> um, um, uh, I think we were all so excited that we forgot how much we enjoyed that space um, of not yeah. being overly busy and not being overprogrammed. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself just being exhausted yeah. um, because we were trying to do it all again. And I'm pretty sure COVID taught us that we can't do it all. And, and doing we don't it all isn't to. worth it. Yeah, we don't like it. It's just, it just makes you tired. Yeah. So I've decided the universe gave me COVID over Christmas because it was like, hey, motherfucker, slow the fuck down. Right. Well, I listen, I feel that way almost every time I get sick where I'm like, okay, my yeah. body was like, listen, bitch, you have to slow down, lay mm-hmm. on the couch for two days. You are tired. I'm exhausted. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but because we are whelmed, always whelmed on whelmed, um, we have decided to do a list for our year end to do a little pop culture roundup. Yay, it's a list. Um, I just wanted to quickly like throw out my COVID watch list um, of things that I watch- binged in the last five days where I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Yes. Um, before we-, <coughs> we... We really hope that you don't need this. Yeah. We really, we really hope, but just in case... Um, so I rewatched Shit's Creek, obviously love. Rewatched Downton Abbey, love. Um, watched the new Matrix film and really enjoyed it. Um, watched Being the Ricardos, the Nicole Kidman I Love Lucy biopic, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Surprised. I was really nervous for Aaron Sorkin on this one. I was like, how are you going to make a week on the show interesting? And you know what? I never, I can never doubt the man ever again. 
I mean, he might be kind of a jackass, I think, but he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. The way he writes is totally egomaniacal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, he's so full of himself because he writes like a pompous asshole, but I love it. But it um, works, though. Yeah. I mean, I would say the worst part about the film is you you know it's, like, Nicole Kidman does a great job, but you still know it's Nicole Kidman. Like, you don't lose her into the character. Yeah. Um, watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Highly recommended on Netflix. Um, and here's here's... Here's the one I'm conflicted about. I don't, I'm not recommending it, but I can't stop watching it. And it's the Sex in the City <laughs> reboot. I, I, and, I, and I'm just trying to figure out why I can't stop watching it. Like, I think I, and I think I came to the fact that I'm hoping beyond hope that it gets better. And how long do you think that hope will last? I don't know. I've watched four episodes and it's, it's not getting better. It's just getting more awkward and uncomfortable. I literally had to stop. I'm, this is a spoiler alert, everyone. I literally had to like stop and watch something else in the middle of the most recent episode because it was about the Charlotte character freaking out about having only one black couple at a dinner party and like awkwardly going through her Rolodex to find another Black person she knows to invite to dinner. I was like, this is, like, it's so awkward. And, like, it's not funny. It's just awkward. See, I just don't... There is so much content now that unless I have a very good reason... Like, yeah. like with Shit's Creek, where I had been told by multiple people, you have to keep watching it. You yeah. have to keep watching. And people I really trust, people who have the same taste in TV as I, people I'm like, okay, I know. So not me. You know, I love you, but we don't have the same, we don't. We don't have, we're going to disagree about everything we're getting ready to say in our, in our list. I don't know. Well, all right. We're going to disagree about a lot of it, though. Okay. They're like, we, uh, unless I have a very good reason, like, I, I don't care. I yeah. watched the first 10 minutes of an HBO show called Love Life. Because um, oh. everybody has really raved about the second season. The first season was Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. And the second oh, yeah, yeah. season is um, William Jackson Harper, who played Chidi on The Good Place. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Walter, not Walters, Jessica Williams. Uh-huh. Uh huh. R.I.P. Jessica Walters. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Williams, who used to be a correspondent on The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love her. Yeah. yeah, love her. Right? She's fantastic. And it's the two of them. But I watched the first like ten minutes of it, and I was like, Oh no, 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 Mm-mm, no. These I don't like. I'm I'm sure they have wonderful chemistry later on, but like right this minute, they seem like terrible fucking people. And I just watched a bunch of grown adults like casually do a bunch of like blow at a wedding. And I just like hate these people. Well, that is HBO these days. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get them. Um, I, we've had this conversation before, but we're having it again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I, I've been turned on to this new podcast called the pivot podcast 
and I forget who the hosts are, but they're these really, really smart um, people. It's this woman and man. Um, and it's sort of news through the lens of technology and business. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fun. They're definitely Gen Xers. They're definitely older than us. And, and so maybe this is a generational thing. They fucking love HBO and were ragging on Apple hardcore the other day and predicting... Um, and, and like they were having a prediction, a 2022 prediction show. And one of their like, um, contributors predictions was that Apple is going to have a, uh, Apple plus is going to have a stellar year because they, they've invested X billions of dollars into production and they have all this stuff coming down the pipeline and they just like ragged on it. And it was like, how can you beat HBO? And I was like, how can you not beat HBO right now? Right. I have not enjoyed anything on HBO at all. I'm enjoying Insecure, but it's been around for, what, six seasons and it's ending this is, now. Right, this is the last one. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I know people really like Succession. I, I get it. It's, 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 that, it's that White Lotus Succession conundrum we spent an entire episode talking about. It's right. that weird and we don't 21st all, century like, satire. People really like it. Yeah. Um, I just... I... I don't know. I feel like everybody else is like do it. It's just tired, HBO. Yeah. It's just tired. Like we've done this already. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's the same shit over again. Like it's just rehash. Yep. And it feels like other networks and they are not always successful. They are not. But that even when they're not, even when it doesn't totally work, at least they were trying something new and yeah. trying something different. And HBO was just making the same goddamn show again. About shitty white people doing shitty things. Right? And it's like, we've fucking seen it, guys. We've fucking seen it. And Insecure was interesting because it was different. Yep. Like, it, Insecure really wasn't an HBO show. Like, uh, Well, I think... It- Insecure worked because it was about a group of friends. It was a coming of age comedy about a group of friends and you could relate to you know there were things about about it that were very heavily um ingrained into the African American experience of Los Angeles that I can't relate to, but ultimately the bigger overarching themes was the the growth of these this group of friends and that I can absolutely relate to. Yeah. And it's aspirational. Like, we want to see these people win. Right. And do well. Yeah, which, that's what I mean. Is like, that's different than what HBO normally <clears throat> makes. Speaking of people who we don't wish um, well of, mm. um, also in, like, just reminding myself of things that happened this year, because as you said at the top, like, this year is a blur. Like, I'm really confused on what happened in the last 12 months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had to um, do a lot of research for this episode. I yeah. was like, oh, shit, what did I? I have no idea what happened yeah. this year. Um, and I was, like, looking at some, like, Cosmo and Vogue, like, top moments of 2021. And uh, I was absolutely, like, horrified that the majority <laughs> of the moments listed, bless you, listed on uh, these lists were, like, things having to do with the Kardashians. Right, I don't... Yeah. Are we not done with them yet? I know. 
Are we not done with them yet? I mean, granted, like, pop culture is not, like, technically targeted at us these days. It definitely is not. But, like, I just, oh, why? I don't understand. Why do people care so much about these people who do nothing? I don't know. How are they billionaires who do nothing? So, <laughs> if you'd like to defend your love of the Kardashians, uh, you can get us at Whelms Podcast. Kim, Kim Kardashian, <laughs> in fairness, this did not make my list, but it's an honorable mention. As we move into our list of our top favorite moments of the year, an honorable mention for me was Kim Kardashian hosting SNL. For sure. She, did, she understood the assignment and did a really good job. Um, I'm just going to kick off then. Um, Go for it. Speaking of Aaron Sorkin, um, one great thing about being back in New York is Broadway. Yay. Um, And I've seen um, a lot of fun stuff this year. Um, Some stuff that is not great, like Harry Potter sucked balls. Um, But uh, the play that I've enjoyed most this year is Aaron Sorkin's um, uh, play To Kill a Mockingbird with uh, Jeff Daniels um, as the lead. That sounds fantastic. It was funny. It was touching. It was moving. It he took a book that's been around for quite some time that's already been made into a movie, um, and made it very relevant for today. Um, and like, just great job. I had one small minor critique, and they had a lot of big set pieces in this play that like moved in and out, which was a little distracting. Which I think like. If that was one thing to fix, that's what it would be. But otherwise, it was a pretty flawless show. Wow. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Quite, quite a treat. I am hoping for live shows soon. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be lovely. Um, I have greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, and this is. This is sort of a random uh, this is sort of a random thing on my list because it's not super specific. It's not anything anybody else can go listen to or anything, but mm. I have just been so unendingly grateful for the return of live music. Like that mm. was the thing that I needed the most to come back. So we have gotten a chance to see, um, we have a couple of outdoor venues here. Um, and so we've gotten a chance to see um, our favorite band Lucero a couple of times, um, which has been really nice and, um, some other, just some other fun, you know, shows, uh, that, that really, it really, really, really makes me happy to be able to welcome live music back. Um, awesome. Speaking of music next on my list, I'm, I'm, I was thinking if there was like a song of my year and then I just realized like I just keep listening to like the same sort of curated radio radio I put in air quotes on Apple mm-hmm. and and um and Spotify and it's constantly Dua Lipa radio. So I would say my artist, music artist of the year is Dua Lipa who I'm still like baffled by because she's she's very nice yet still unremarkable in most ways but she's like i can't stop listening to her it's interesting 
Yeah, because I like I kind of forget about her. She's she's pretty, but there's nothing striking about her. Like, and, and I'm not trying to be mean. Like, this is not. It's just they're they're like there's a there's an it factor that a lot of musicians have, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure she necessarily has it because I like she's not a particularly great dancer. She's not like. She can sing, but she's not like some great vocalist, like an Ariana or a Mariah. She's right. not a great dancer like Britney or Janet. She's sure. not striking like Celine or Cher. Yeah. Um, she's well produced. Right, but like she doesn't even have like a thing like Billie Eilish does. Yeah, like I couldn't like, yeah. if I was standing next to her, I wouldn't know. Right, and that's impressive because, like, you like you listen to her all year long. Yeah, so, like you still right. Like I would be no able to idea what she looks like. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, like, I worked, I like looked and looked and looked and looked and looked at music stuff, but I wanted to. I was trying to keep it to an album that came out in 2021, mm-hmm. and so like. I I have sort of an honorable mention that I think it's very. I am. I think it's very cool and I'm very much enjoying the fact that Taylor Swift is like a big F you to the music industry and is re-recording all of her early shit and like putting it out again so that everybody can listen to her versions so that she gets paid and not her shitty ex-manager, right? Like, I think that's yeah. great. I, I'm, I'm, it's I'm not having, new stuff. Yeah, I'm having, I might have defrosted slightly to Taylor this year, mm-hmm. but I'm not there yet. That's all right. That's all right. That's why I didn't really put it on my list. For um, me? And also because, <laughs> yes, kind of. And also because, like, it was not new stuff that she released in yeah. 2021. That's like, fair. her 2020 albums were great, and I put them on the list last year, but it was not this year. Um, so my next entry is a book, actually. Oh. And then, and then we'll go full on TV. Um, the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Oh. Which was. Oh, yeah, you loved that. I loved that book and I really love and appreciate him. Um, he's, he's, he's put out a couple of things like they just did. Um, I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet. Cause it just popped up on Netflix. Um, Cause it was a British, it was a British, they made a movie out of his, his children's book, mm-hmm. the boy who saved Christmas. Um, and I think he has a really interesting perspective from someone who has suffered his entire life with anxiety and depression and who had to, had uh, several very serious suicide attempts when he was young mm-hmm. and survived them. Um, and he has, he has, so he's, he has this really interesting perspective about life that I think is very hard won and feels very earned and honest um, and, and still like incredibly joyful and celebratory and full of light. Um, and so I think that all of his stuff that I've read really comes from that perspective. And that is also my perspective. So <laughs> is, I'm really is, into it. Is The Boy Who Saved Christmas that newish Christmas movie with Maggie Smith? I don't know the answer to that, actually. Okay. I watched something like some fantastical Christmas origin story with like Maggie Smith and Kristen Wiig um, the other day. And it was actually quite dark. Like people die. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, a tangent. Um, <clears throat> one of my honorable mentions uh, was also a book. It didn't make it onto my list, but I guess I'm saying it anyway. Um, by Nightfall, by Michael Cunningham. It's not like it's not new, but it's new. It's his latest book. Michael Cunningham wrote The Hours, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, honestly, it's the first book I finished cover to cover in a long time, <laughs> which is a big deal for for me who has ADHD, like to sit down and read a book at all. Yeah, that's a <laughs> it's challenge. Is a so challenge. Must have been good. Yes, and the irony is like it's not really about anything. <laughs> but i really enjoyed it nonetheless anyway (laughs) moving on uh as megan said we're diving hard um into tv now so i did my next two are i i added categories to this i did my my favorite new tv show and my category after that is my favorite returning tv show oh okay nice yeah, uh-huh. So my favorite new TV show, um, there was actually like a couple of choices here. Like some stuff came out toward the end of the year that was definitely contenders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I don't know if this will surprise people. If you know me, it probably won't. Um, my favorite new TV show of the year, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, see, we have not actually finished the series. We have a couple of episodes left to go, but I have also been really, so it didn't make my list because of that, but I have been really enjoying it. It's um, it's a show that, like, it takes a minute to warm up to it. Like, you need to get mm-hmm. to, like, episode three. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, But it's campy, it's fun, it's satirical. You're going to laugh. You're going to get into the drama. It's unexpected. Uh, it's unexpected. It's, yeah. it's really good about using the actor's strengths to mm-hmm. their, whatever the word I'm looking for, to their benefit. Yeah. Um, for instance, and we've talked about this before, how Martin Short is very Martin Short. Yes. And he is can, real Martin Short. And can be really overwhelming if not used the right way. Mm-hmm. And the show absolutely uses him the right way. Absolutely yeah. uses Selena Gomez the right way absolutely uses steve martin the right way so they balance each other out and neither of not one of them gets like overly themselves yeah. that makes and sense. it's very sweet yeah endearing mm-hmm. yeah like it's very yeah it's it's it was it was it was quite a surprise yeah yeah super fun i agree um well my favorite uh this is a new show as well um and my favorite comedy of the year uh which is getting ready to come back for a second season soon is called resident alien oh so yeah this is a show that was really under the radar like it it's it's ended up on some critics top lists um but i don't think i'm hoping that it's gonna it's gonna pick up some fan base so that it can keep going um but it is alan tudyuk who most people would probably know from firefly Mm-hmm. Um, but he's one of those, he's one of those guys, you know, like he's an actor who's been around, you totally would recognize his face. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff in, especially in the Whedon verse. And he, uh, he plays an alien who lands, crash lands in a small town in Colorado, which is very, it actually feels a lot like that, uh, the show Northern Exposure, like oh. it's in Colorado, but you kind of feel like it's set in Alaska. Like it's like a tiny little town and it's just it. snowy the whole time. And like, you know, there's one doctor, right? Um, and and so it's a very fish out of water, uh, but there's a kid who like becomes his arch nemesis, which is just really funny. Um, and so it's really funny and unexpected, but also like very sweet and has a lot of, you know, because it's a small town and you get to know the characters and people have a lot of drama, right? So there's a lot of surprising stuff in there. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed it and I'm very much looking forward to the second season. Yay. Um, so I did, my next one, as I said, is Best Returning Show. 
honestly, I was going through like what are my favorite pop culture moments of the year, and I was struggling, man. <laughs> like, listen, there has been a lot. I the cat. I added a superlative. We'll get to that in a minute. But like, it is the category that I had the most nominees for, which is biggest disappointment. That like um, so many things this year were like, wah, wah. yeah, they're gonna be great, and then they just fucking weren't. <laughs> Or, like, so the TV show The Great had a second season, and, you know, I always, A, get skeptical of a show that it was only supposed to be one season. Like, it was supposed to be a limited series, Mm. not a reoccurring series, and uh, did so well that they're like, no, we want a second season, and, like, you're gonna get into trouble when that happens, and look, Mm -hmm. I watched it, and it wasn't bad, but it was it wasn't but it you didn't know, have the pop of the first one. Like you're you're now coloring how good the first one was by right. having the second one. There was a whole bunch of shows that did that that like came back that had a great whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching it because I have nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of shows that I can't believe came back, Emily in Paris is just relaunched on Netflix, and like Netflix is uh like marketing the shit out of it and it's like why like this show was like critically panned across the board and was part of the golden globe scandal because you paid to get nominated mm-hmm. and yet it's nominated for golden globe again this year the golden globe nominations came out oh they did very did, very quietly does anyone yeah she got nominated for golden globe again oh jesus christ yeah uh-huh yeah it was just a yeah and like succession. Ooh, big surprise. Yeah. I read the I read the nominees and then rolled my eyes really hard and closed that browser window. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not even gonna be a show, right? It's not it's not telecast this year again. And yeah, I think that's true. So nobody cares. Um, but so I I went with uh uh because there were so many, I guess, disappointments, as you said. Um what show had the best new season of a show that's already existed? And uh, not surprising, I went with Ted Lasso. Mm, Ted Lasso also made my list. Yeah. That I, I understood how people's, I understood people saying that they weren't, they weren't sure about the second season. It got um, more dramatic, less comedic. Right. And I actually have rewatched all of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually went back by myself after we finished the second season and rewatched all of one and two together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think it is even more brilliant than the first season because I think I think they played the audience as like as much like that was I think that's what they set out to do. Like they they set out to fuck with you. And to like lure you in, in the same way that like Nate feels like he got lured in by Ted and like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is just a show about a happy, positive guy, like making people's lives better. And like, no, it fucking isn't actually. It's a show about like authenticity and vulnerability and what really happens when people start dealing with their shit. And what happens to the people who choose not to deal with their shit? Right? I just read an interview with Jason Sudeikis and GQ yesterday. By the way, GQ. Oh, that's such a good interview. I read that one too. It's fantastic. That it's was a, a good interview. interview. That aside, GQ, what happened? Like, okay. Unsubscribing, <laughs> by the way, but okay. Um, 
Uh, that was a really good interview, and he, Jason Sudeikis, I think, would be proud of your assessment of the show. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that like because it's, it, it's it's interesting how he explains how he's like come to parts from his past as as opposed to how it's been received. Um, mm-hmm. So now I think I'm gonna. I was actually thinking of going back and rewatching Ted Lasso. So now I really think I'm going to. I think it's it's all in there. Like it's yeah. very subtle and it's all in there. Well, I still don't care for Rebecca and Sam. I recognize that they are trying to that yeah. they are like I I understand what they are trying to do. But my point is is that I'm supposed to hate Rupert. I don't know. Is his name what is his fucking name on the show? Because he is Rupert Giles. Yeah, 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 is his name yeah. Rupert on that show too? No idea. Don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I'm but supposed he's... to hate Giles uh, yeah. because he has a young he, because his partner is so much younger than him. Like, and then she I'm, goes and dates a young and guy, and then she does the same. And like, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't think it works. And like, I I agree. I, I just I, yeah, it's just icky to me. It's I, just I think I think that they were trying to like pair her up with someone who's gonna like open her up to see things differently because they they come from a different perspective yeah and that they were messing with us because they i when i rewatched it they absolutely lay in the groundwork that you think it's going to be ted they're trying to fuck with us because that's what we expect right like it's the single it's the single lead of the show and the single female lead of the show and like we expect them to get together and I so like th- they absolutely like fuck with us about it and i think i was let down by that in a way mm-hmm. um yeah i i I, I, I agree though that they shouldn't get together like right that, yes i agree as well but i i was also let down by that funny enough though as i was rewatching downton abbey over my quarantine this past week um the guy who plays like the office guy in Ted Lasso the not office manager but like he's second in command to Rebecca oh yeah sure he's um yes he's he's um Maggie Smith's butler in Downton Abbey oh is he (laughs) (laughs) um but, I feel uh, like that's just Higgins' great, 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 great grandfather or whatever, right? Right. I guess it's not um, that old. It's like great grandfather. Also, side tangent, talking about shows coming back that um that were like, I don't know. I watched I also watched The Witcher during quarantine, the new season. And I was I, I started like I was watching the recap, like to get you ready for season two. And I was mm-hmm. so confused that I mm-hmm. went back and watched all of season one again. Was still confused. <laughs> watched all of season two, still confused. Ah, uh, well. There's something, there's something that season one of The Witcher does, and they jump timelines back and forth. Like, they go yeah. forward and backwards, but they don't tell you. Like, it's, so you're, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people look similar because they're people's daughters and fathers. and Sure. Yeah, like, Steve has said the same thing. But you're confused because it's like, is that the same person or is it? I'm wait, which timeline are we on? And they don't do that in the second season. But there's all these like questions of like this main ch- blonde chick. They're Khaleesi, for lack of a better like. This show's mm-hmm. Khaleesi, right? Like she hasn't fully become the dragon lady yet, but she's on her way. And yeah, 
But it's like, you know, you have magical powers. Why aren't you curious about them? Why don't you want to know? Like, she never wants to know about them. That's odd. Right. Yeah, because you can bet if I had magical powers, I'd be all about that too. So, okay. So, my number four was Ted Lasso. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I... Yes, also Ted Lasso. Um, Oh. And then... Wheel of Time. Okay. I actually read an article. Well, I let me rephrase that. I read a headline <laughs> <laughs> that like Jeff Bezos or Amazon is kind of betting the farm on Wheel of Time. Like they spent a lot of money because they Jeff okay, Bezos well, was very Jeff Bezos ain't betting no farm on nothing because he got like an endless number of farms. So he, I know. Like... I'm just saying, like, this article was arguing that Jeff Bezos was sort of hyper fixated on getting Amazon a Game of Thrones type franchise. Sure. I mean, everybody wants one of those. But don't you feel like that that moment has also sort of passed now? We're sort of over, like, we're starting to come to the end of that. Like, the, the it's, you know, how these trends recycle, like, they go away for a little bit and then they come back. I feel like we're at the end of that. Like, these, this, that you know what I'm talking about? That, like, people are just not really into epic fantasy right this moment. Well, I'm not saying they're not, but, like, we've also had, since Game of Thrones, there's been a whole bunch of ones based on books that have done really well that have just not been good shows. And yeah. so, like... Because everybody was just failure. making them too fast. Yes. Yeah. Everybody was just, like, desperately Netflix trying to make two a Game of Thrones. Of them, yes. Uh, and I think that is part of what Amazon has done right, is that, like, you know, I mean, we're several years past Game of Thrones at this point. Like, they... They did a good job. And the They've reboot. They've done a good job with Wheel of Time. Okay. The, the Game of Thrones reboot or spinoff is coming this spring. Yeah. And I I don't have high hopes for it. No. Uh, I don't know that really anybody does. I'll, it'll be really interesting to see how it does and how it's received. But I don't feel like anybody was clamoring for it. Well, after how horribly Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. So, uh, but Wheel of Time is very... It's well cast. Um, it's well. It's it's well written. Um, Rosamund Pike is very good. She's she's a really good actress. Um, and so I think it kind of it 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 lives on her strength. Yeah. Um, but it's also just a really fun. I do think that's the other thing that's sort of different about Wheel of Time is that like. It is, it is the women in this world that mm-hmm. are the strong ones. Mm-hmm. That have already. All the mag- yes, already. Like, they already have all of the magical powers, and they have all of the... So, um, it is a female-led show, and all of the main characters, or most of the main characters, are women. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that that's an interesting... It's an interesting shift, and I think that does sort of fit with the zeitgeist um, that's happening yeah. now. Of like, there's a lot of we're we're working hard on a lot of you know more female led shows, um, and so I think that's that's one thing that helps it out a lot. Um, was that your number five? That was my number five. My number five, um, I decided was a pop culture moment. I'm not sure it actually was. <laughs> um. But it was one of my favorite moments of the year was um, me showing up with the Teletubbies at Pride in New York City Pride. 
I know it was my 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 presence made it a pop culture moment, not the Teletubbies, but sure, 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 sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you do you, honey. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Um, are, are we? Can we just like get the our favorite guilty pleasure of the year out of the way? We're in agreement on this, right? No. No? No, because I wasn't going to pick the same thing as you. I knew you were going to talk about it. Okay, fine. So talk about it. Okay. So my most, not only surprising, but favorite <laughs> guilty pleasure of the Fucking year. Fucking shocking. It was a yeah. shocking. So let me just, let, 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 let's, let's, let's take Set a trip down memory lane. Set the scene for us. Having dinner with an old theater school buddy. Hey, Seb. Um... And um, uh, she was like, hey, so um, would you want to go see Diana the Musical with me? I have a free ticket. I was like, can I get drunk beforehand? She's like, absolutely. That was a good choice. So I get drunk before and we have very lovely seats. Again, thanks, Seth. Um, And uh, I'm sitting there watching this like the most amazing train wreck like that i've ever seen in oh my, my entire it's... life and i'm but wow. i'm like really enjoying it like really enjoying it like it's it's all like the campy amazingness of broadway in a horrible show <laughs> I mean, it really should have been called Diana the Musical on Roller Skates. Like, if it was on Roller Skates, it, like, the gay Fantasia, whatever you want to, like, yeah. add to it. But, like, I swear to God, this is going to become a cult classic because it's, like, it's so amazing in just the right ways. Like, oh, it's so I amazingly horrible agree. in just the right ways. Like, and poor Diana, like, like, let's, like, just acknowledge that for a second. Like, poor Diana and the Spencers and whatever, like, that this got made. But, right, like, like, this is, yes, it's, it's, it's probably pretty fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, but. And, and, like, you know, to, to be a little bit of a spoiler alert, there are some songs in the second act that have lyrics that I Wow, I, wow, I am, wow. I am, I am like, it hurts my soul and elates my mind at the same time mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with lyrics. Like it's like the thriller in Manila, but with Diana and Camilla. Yes. Take that in folks. The thriller in Manila, but with Diana and Camilla. Then imagine a lot of white people on stage singing it. Yeah. And then Maybe the song after that, or maybe the next two songs after that, there is a song called The Fuck You Dress. Yes, in Diana the Musical, there is a song called The Fuck You Dress. And it's not even that the line is The Fuck You Dress. It's the following line. The fuckity fuck, 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 fuck you dress. Yes, that is the one. Where you're like, (laughs) wait, what? (laughs) So, I have seen this because also, guys, it is on Netflix, and I cannot recommend highly enough that you watch this shit. Very shortly after I saw it on Broadway, drunk, um, we also brought a flask into the theater. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was also a good choice. <laughs> um, I go to visit Megan and I rendezvous in Nashville. Um, With our dear friend Glory. Yes, hello, Glory. Um, and uh, I was like, I-, I think that like we, if we're just like gonna chill and watch some mindless TV, I think I need you to see this because like it's so stupid. It's I just. Yeah. And and now <laughs> whose soundtrack is number one on your Spotify oh, playlist? I love it so much. I love it so much. I am practicing for my next karaoke night. I will be singing Underestimated, yes. which is like the Diana ballad. <laughs> and I will be doing the um, voiceover bit in the middle between Diana and Camilla, two parts by myself. <laughs> I'm a kindergarten helper. I don't even know why I came. Oh my God. I cannot wait. This musical, you guys, is like batshit crazy. It's batshit crazy. But also, it's good, but yeah. bad. It's yeah. like, oh my God. It, it like has all of the energy of like... Cats. Cats and also like a Disney like movie special. Yeah. Right, like it has like a like movie the of the week. Movie of the week, yes. Like, like, yes. Oh my god! It's like, like it's oh. like it's like if Cats and Hillary Duff Cinderella had a baby. Yes, that is <laughs> that is the lyrical quality that we are talking about. Now, you also, I just want to point out though that like the people who created the show are legit award-winning creators. The person who wrote the show wrote the critically and award-winning show Memphis. And the person who directed the show is the award-winning director of Come From Away, which is like one of the hottest tickets on Broadway right, right, right. right now. And see, here's my point, is that like, you can tell. Like you yeah. can tell, like it is actually, it's like, it's like people of quality made something bad that is bad but it is still of high quality. Yeah. Part of why it's so good. Like it's so, very hard to explain. It's just like it's like a oh my god, y'all gotta watch to say, it. You gotta watch it. Get drunk, get high, mm-hmm. watch it with friends. This is something you're gonna also want to talk over while it's happening. You but can like call us. We will talk to like, you about it, and we'll watch it again with you. This oh, is definitely yeah, a group experience. Agreed. But it's free to watch on Netflix if you have a Netflix account. Uh, just camera and and it. and then the the version on netflix is like dance move for dance move the same as on broadway yeah so it's the same go. show almost and almost the exact same cast too and guys i'm gonna point out pay attention to that choreography Do it's it. tough choreography it is like and also it's bananas but oh my god the shoulders Oh, so many shoulders. So much shoulder action. Oh, God. It also, yes, it's like an 80s music video and a Disney musical and Cats had a baby. Yes. And, then they, and then that baby did a lot of cocaine and wrote this musical. <laughs> and a lot of costume changes. I think Diana oh, has like God, 45 so costume changes. It's insane. <laughs> they were like, what's the most important thing Diana Spencer ever did? And she was like, oh, my God, the clothes, obviously. Yeah. Oh, God bless okay it's amazing so that, the only it? That, reason, that was our whole list that was the whole list oh my god we're just talking about Diana the whole time so the only reason i did not 
make that my guilty pleasure is because I had to list leverage redemption somewhere. Oh, I have no idea what that is. I could not actually say that it was a good show. (laughs) So Leverage was a show that was on TNT back in the mid-aughts starring Timothy Hutton and that chick from Coupling and Lindsay from Angel um, and some other random people. And then uh, Aldous Hodge got famous. And so they brought it back. And it is so unbelievably cheesy and i just love every second of it huzzah yeah it's on imdb tv oh god so i watched it with commercials <sighs> that is IMDb how much i enjoy it not come with your amazon prime account yes but they still make you watch commercials oh god like not like a laugh but enough i mean any commercials at this point is just like a i think that that's weird that amazon is starting imdb tv because like amazon owns imdb now so right and like they already had their own tv so like why why is this not just on amazon prime i can't begin to tell you i guess they just wanted to be able to have some ads but whatever it is especially if you are a fan of the original you definitely should watch it um, but even if you're not, and you just like, like, if you like cheesy vibed, like, early 2000s kind of procedural type, you know, TNT USA Network kind of shit, which, as we all know, I love, then, uh, yeah, it's great fun, great fun. Um, so, our second superlative is our favorite Marvel moment of the year. So I need to start this by saying Mm -hmm. that this superlative is the reason that like the reality of my year is like Marvel is my number one of 2021. Like if you just mush all the Marvel together into one glorious little ball of Marvelness, like overall, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite thing of the year, right? Like there's been a bunch of shows and two movies three movies god i forgot about that one Ugh. and then oh eternals i haven't seen yeah, it four uh, it's it's four though if you count spider-man right black widow shang chi damn see i forgot about black widow too yeah you're right it's four see and yeah. i really liked black widow eternals and spider-man uh yes but None of the things that happened, none of the Marvel that happened this year was flawless. No, correct. Um, although I would vote, and we'll talk about that in a second, that there were one or two that got pretty close. Mm. Um, but uh, overall, all of the Marvel stuff that has happened this year, if you put it all together, like that is my top of 2021. You like, said something it. to me recently um, that I think one of your, one of your friends said to you, about like we need to give marvel a little space again because it's sort of like they're starting all over in a way um Mm -hmm. so it's you know gonna feel like if you go back and watch like the early iron man like the first Mm -hmm. captain america or the first thor like it was a little bumpy still like they hadn't found their groove and i think i i i've been really tough on marvel this year um and i think you know i I could. I suppose it might be in. Uh, I might give it a little. 
Um, a little bit of understanding that like what they're doing mm-hmm. is trying to usher in a new era of heroes. But also, and this just actually occurred to me as we've been talking today, I think I may need to stop thinking about each TV show as its own thing mm-hmm. and it part of a bigger picture because mm-hmm. I'm looking at, at it as a contained event in a way, I guess. I don't know if that, if I'm articulating that right. Right, right, right. That you're looking at it. You're, you're judging the show based on the merits of the TV show sh- of yeah. a TV show and of it being its own separate entity. Yeah. And I don't really, that's not really true. Right. Yeah. That, like everything like I just hard. Right. Which is what I was talking about is that like if you put all of the Marvel stuff that has happened this year together into a ball, yeah. which is kind of what they want you to think about it. Right. That like that was how it went. Like you saw you did Endgame and then you watched Wanda and then you did yep. Falcon and Winter Soldier and then it's Black and then it's Black Widow and then it's Loki and then it's Shang-Chi and then it's right. Yeah, yeah. That like then it's what if and then it's Eternals and you just go they all go together. That, like, they are Marvel movies. They just split them into six parts and put them on TV. Right. They're like like little mini movies. Yeah, I think, and the thing I still struggle, though, is I want more... I guess guess when I watch TV, I don't expect it to be as plot-driven as movies tend to be. So that's been one thing that I I guess I just need to get over if I'm going to continue to watch Marvel quote tv shows because they are going to be while they do have room to do more character development in a tv show it's still going to be mostly plot driven um so we'll see we'll see what happens um so that all said uh, i mean wandavision was definitely my fave of all the tv shows this year but i think hands down the best moment of all was when they did the agatha all along song I that is fantastic and praise be to Catherine Hahn who yeah. I adore killed that shit oh my god she was fucking amazing um and I talk also, about reveal of reveals though like that was probably like the most like <gasps> well see and that, that was not entirely true for me because I have some comic book knowledge uh right. thanks to my uh nerdy professor Mr. Watkins um my professor of all things nerdy so I did I did know that there was a pretty good chance that she Ah. was going to turn out to be um who she turned out to be Mm -hmm. i loved that show i would and obviously that moment was fantastic i also really loved hawkeye okay i thought hawkeye was a really fantastic show and i really I was really impressed by Jeremy Renner the whole time. I thought it was really, and I loved the stuff uh, between Kate and Yelena. Yes. Oh my God. So I think she's my new favorite character now. Mm-hmm. Yelena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I finished Hawkeye, by the way. So yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 So I think, uh, and, and I thought, I thought the last, you know, sort of epic battle. Um, of that show was super fun. I thought they did a really good job. With I it. think that show ended really strong. Yeah, it ended very it strong. It ended very strong. Who, who knew that that was Vincent to see, D'Onofrio? Right? Oh, but yeah, I knew it instantly. <laughs> but I was that's that's really exciting. Like that's a great casting choice. Um yeah. I 
I just really enjoyed, I thought they did a really good job of, I thought that that was a good character study for him. Like in the midst of Marvel being very plot driven, Mm -hmm. right? So like, we know they're not giving as many moments to that as other shows. Although certainly I got like plenty of other shows that are plot driven, right? Like procedurals are plot driven. Like they just do little bits of character in the middle. Um, So I think I'm fairly used to watching shows like that. Um, and I just really, I thought he did a really nice job with it. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Um, and, and I thought, you know, the villain, the, the sort of secondary villain turn in that show uh, was very surprising to me. Um, I did not see it coming. The, the deaf chick? No, the mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to go go back and uh, put a yeah, thing yeah. in the beginning of this episode for just spoilers abound um, you can just delete that part it's fine no i mean it's fine like we'll just we need to put it we just need to put a thing at the beginning of like hey it's a year and wrap up spoilers abound okay. um i would also like to give an honorable mention to uh and i don't want to say too much because i know have you seen chang chi yes okay never mind um so I would like to give an honorable mention to the Aquafina is the love interest turn at the end of Shang-Chi, um, which I was genuinely surprised by because she has like snarky best friend. I totally forgot about that. I still don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like at the end of it, like he takes her hand and she like leans on him and like you get like, that's the direction they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, she's not a traditional, she's not a traditional beauty. And yeah. so for them to allow her to be the love interest when she's funny and she's like a sassy bitch and, you know, and she's not traditional looking that like she still gets to be the love interest was really important to me. And, and I thought a really, I, I was, thought it was a really great choice. All I right. Need, I need, I need to give her a little <laughs> bit of um, leeway. I, I get very, my opinions get very colored by my friends. Like, I didn't used to hate Gwen Stefani. I mean, I think I would have hated her now regardless. But, you know, I was very influenced by you in college. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, she's just objectively annoying. Yeah. I have a friend who worked with Aquafina on, a, on something and did not have a good time um, with her. And so it very much colored my opinion of her. Um, but I don't, you know, I feel like if you're get hired on a Marvel movie, it's one of those, like you, you need to like show up because those are high, like you're getting paid a lot and there's a lot expected of you and there's a lot of money riding on it, like regardless. So if you don't like show the fuck up and be professional, like that Mm -hmm. gig isn't going to last, they'll write you out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, she's clearly doing something right and a lot of people like her. So I need to give her some a better chance. Um, okay. Stupidest thing that happened in 2021. Stupidest. <laughs> That's how stupid this is. The stupidest thing that happened in 2021, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, go for it. The billionaire space race. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Stupidest, like, like, like most, like, 
fucked up PR moment. Like, I know what y'all were trying to do. Hashtag, like, major fail. Also, you spent billions of dollars to, like, go hang out in space for 10 minutes. Do you know how much money that, like, that could have been used to help other people in very, like, effective and proactive ways? Y'all yeah, are, see, like, I y'all don't are, like, consider that to, to be stupid. I consider it to be, like, frankly, amoral. And, like, y'all are trying to go to space so in case the world blows up, y'all have options. Like, this isn't about research. This is about you, like, trying to prove how big your money dick is and, uh, like, just being stupid. Like, nothing about that was innovative. I mean, maybe you improved rocket technology. I don't give a fuck. Like, you didn't go... It wasn't aspirational at all. It was, let's see how much money I have. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. All right. Well, I hate them I, so much. I didn't know we were going to talk about real stuff, so I... Sorry, I couldn't help myself with that one. That's all right. I mean, there's a lot... Obviously, there's a lot of uh, stupid people in the real world to choose from this year. Uh, so I'm going to pick a pop culture moment instead. Um, I think that Netflix was really fucking stupid for canceling Cowboy Bebop. I know you love this show. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm still very confused. Sure. So I, most people, I, it did not, they, that's the point is that Netflix did not give it a chance to gain a following. That like they, yeah, Emily and Paris does right. They were they expected people to like watch it immediately. They overestimated the anime fans. Right, this is an originally an anime show, mm-hmm. and so Netflix way overestimated. First of all, they way overestimated the popularity of this fucking anime show. Okay, and then on top of that, they overestimated the fact that like. When you try to cater to fanboys, they will fuck you because they are not okay if you fucking change anything. Mm -hmm. You cannot make the lead actress's outfit less fucking slutty than it is in the anime or they won't watch your fucking show. Like, you cannot change a single fucking plot point. You cannot make anybody a different color than they were in the original fucking cartoon. You cannot change anything. Or the fanboys will revolt because they're a bunch of fucking children. And so those people got bitchy and the critics didn't get it because I don't know why. I was really surprised. Like, I thought it was one of the funniest and smartest shows. It is really different. It has a very cool, like, noir kind of vibe. Like, it's, it's really interestingly shot. Like, it was very beautiful. And it was funny. And John Cho is a fucking legend. And why doesn't anybody let him make a TV show? I love him so much. I don't understand this. So I just was really bummed because I feel like it's the kind of show that like, if you just will give it a minute, like people, people will really like it and they will, they will end up watching it and it will become something that has a cult following. And like Netflix just needs more of that stuff. Like y'all have enough fucking money. You're making enough shit. Like, but that's not that's not that's not the Netflix model. I know, but I think Netflix that's... doesn't care ab- actually about show development, and right, and they don't care about quality. Nope, they just care about eyeballs, and I get yep. it, but it's a bummer. 
at and some like, point at some point i feel like they're gonna have to start caring like it's yeah because their numbers are going to plateau mm-hmm. if they don't start getting more quality content on there like the yeah. people want to watch and want to come back to yeah i agree it's just it's just what's i mean that's my prediction maybe i'm wrong probably but they they base their their model on subscribers and like what is content that's going to it's very much they treat like their their plan is very much like a social media company in that they want you to stay on their platform and what is going to keep you on their platform right what is the next thing that's going to keep you on their platform so if no one if people if there's not enough people who care about an anime show but to your point though if they had let it maybe mature mm-hmm. and like gain a following you know you like Shit's Creek wasn't a smash hit from day right. one it like this it was like this slow build where it became like where it became a huge hit at the end yeah and we don't, we don't, we're not giving shows time to do that anymore. And it's a bummer. I mean, it also like Ted, the first season of Ted Lasso makes it really hard for shows. I mean, that was a pretty perfect first season. That was such a strong first season for a show. Well, that's very true. And there are plenty of shows that have done that, right? Like there are plenty of shows that have come out of the gate just swinging. And, you know, actually have a much harder time when they get to season five than they did in season one. Um, But there are a lot of shows that like their third and fourth seasons are the best ones they have. Right. Like and that's especially true for comedies or things that are comedy like because it takes people a while to kind of figure out their their comedy groove. With with a comedy, it's most important that you want to live with the characters first and you can like nail the show a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to our worst person, place, or thing of 2021. Mm-hmm. This was really easy for me. All right. TikTok. <laughs> I recently joined TikTok, mostly for work purposes, mainly like also to have like a little voiceover fun, but like I, I got sucked down some TikTok rabbit holes I have so much less faith in humanity than I've ever had before. Like, I, 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 do you know anybody who is not happier and better when they stop being on social media so much? Any form of it. Everyone is happier and better when they're not on social media and having real connections in life. Yeah. My, my, my brother tried to argue with me that um, he's having real connections with somebody when he plays video games, like, and there's other people, like, in, like, his group that, and I'm like, okay, you're interacting with somebody, but I wouldn't call that a real connection. Well, and, and I will put that aside for a second, because that's, it's slightly that's different. Not, it's yeah. right. And it's not, it's not social media. And I'm not, I'm not talking about virtual world because I, it is very, I think that like FaceTime and Zoom and like 
uh, our ability to connect with people who live far away from us, like it, it's really nice to be able to talk to you and to see your face while I'm talking to you. Yes. Like that, it makes me feel more connected to you than just talking to you on the phone. Like, so I don't, I'm not saying that all virtual is bad. What I'm saying is, is social social media media in particular, and I'm talking about myself that like, I am better off. I am happier. I feel less. And I like, I have cultivated all of my social media to like be very positive and very like, I'm not looking at people like I'm not follow. I don't follow influencers. I don't follow, like, I don't do any of that shit. Right. I'm not inundated with news sites. I don't follow a lot of depressing stuff, but even still, mm-hmm. I am better. And I think it is just literally like the physical act of scrolling and your brain and like being on the fucking screen. Yeah. Like I am better when I put it the fuck down. Mm-hmm. When I get off of it. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. everybody is. And, I think we and need more of it. I think we need less. Uh, the studies, like, there's not one study that I have seen. So, David, our one listener, or the two other people we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, please prove me wrong. Like, is there a study that, that proves that social media benefits us in any way? I'd love to see that. Because I don't know about one. Yeah. And, like... It, it didn't get that much attention this year. It got a little, but like there was this whole study that came out. I think it was like mid-year about how horrible social media is for teenagers, how it has raised depression, anxiety, and suicide rates, how mm-hmm. it's increased eating disorders, mostly in, in, in young females, but across the board. Um, it is more so than I think magazine fashion magazines ever did in a way it 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 um puts on a pedestal what everyone's supposed to look like and act like and live like mm-hmm. like it wasn't just sort sort of like vanity fairs like ooh these rich people over there or, or vogue these fashion people over here it's because these like influencers or or social media celebrities are more quote accessible right it makes it more dangerous because everyone thinks that they're, they're in reach of it. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. It's we're all like, like virtual reality aside, social media is a virtual reality. It's not real. Right. It's like when I'm on dating apps, I very quickly want to get to a phone conversation or, or meet relatively quickly after I start chatting with somebody. Right. Because I don't want to know who they're trying to market themselves as. I want to know them. Yeah. And it's, it feels very marketing. Yeah. Like I recently started chatting with somebody and we were on the phone and just started like asking me like this list of questions. And I was like, and finally I said to him, I was like, should I call my lawyer? Would you like to negotiate this? Like, (laughs) like I'm, I'm more than a, like a checklist. Right. Um, so yeah, social media, TikTok, the worst. Um, so I, I had to shift this category a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. because the worst has a lot of like 
I mean, we're sure. talking about the worst people, right? Like, it's really, really hard for me not to talk about like the real world mm-hmm. when I think about the worst, right? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about pop pop culture and call anything the worst when you know January the sixth happened. So, yeah. um, the most disappointing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have actually like, three... are you are you are you saying that with like mom face, like? I'm very disappointed. Oh, in I'm you. very disappointed in you. Yeah, I have three. Actually, you have to say three because there were a lot of them this year. Uh, there were a lot. There was a lot of disappointment this year. Yeah. Um. Uh. But first, the Nevers. Oh, such a the disappointment. The Nevers was such a disappointment. I'd actually completely forgotten about it. Um, and then happened to come across a random thing where I was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 that show." What a disappointment that was. I mean, I think it just like in a weird way, like we all knew that what's his face? What is his name? I can't even Joss remember Whedon. his name. Joss Whedon. Thank you. Like he was, he was like basically canceled before the show came out. But I mm-hmm. feel like it was just sort of like, like watching him die slowly through this show. Yeah. And I mean, like, they took it away from him and they gave it to Jane Espenson and I historically well really liked not her not the episodes that they put out this year yeah. all the episodes that they put out this year he worked on well in sort of an executive producer capacity but he didn't he didn't he didn't write everything and he didn't do any directing except for like the first episode I mean I doubt it's coming back I would also doubt that because it's yeah. a pretty pricey show. Um, but it was an interesting concept. Yes. And it's a bummer. Um, and well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it just was very disappointing. I also uh, was super disappointed in the morning show. So oh, I, have finally not, watched the new I have not managed to watch the whole thing because I don't want to. So this isn't giving really anything away about the morning show, the, the second season, but things that, that the, our audience should know if they haven't watched yet the second season. Um, they had a second season all written, but then when COVID happened, they scrapped the entire second season and wrote an entire new season in like a month. Maybe it was longer. I'm not quoting the right facts, but it's something of that. Yeah, and I don't think it worked out well for them. And what they decided to do was the like the bigger picture things that are happening in the world or in the morning show around like what is happening like in the characters' lives is that COVID is about to happen. And I'm sure I think you agree with me. It was really hard to watch COVID start all over again. I don't want to watch yeah. that shit. I don't want to watch soon. it. It's- too fucking soon. The tent, like, random, like, aside, it's also weird on the new, and just like that, the new chapter of Sex and the City, it's weird that they're living in a, in a New York City world with no COVID. So that's weird, Yeah, too. that's a weird choice, too. Yeah. I just, I really, I, I, yes, I don't want to watch with the, like, impending sense of doom that mm-hmm. I know is happening, right? And I also thought that it like that show was never it's not newsroom. It wasn't ever about how they were covering the fucking news. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it is supposed to be about something else. And I thought that they really lost. The the, the thread. Yeah, I thought that they lost the thread and I thought that they lost. I thought that they lost a lot of 
the interesting chemistry, particularly between Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I, I, whatever. I just didn't, I didn't think they were doing good stuff with Juliana Margulies. Like I just didn't. And everybody I know who has watched it has felt exactly the same way. I think, Most I people think, did not manage to finish it that I know, like, or even I, if they did, yeah. they were like, meh. I finished it, but I, I agree with you. Like, ultimately, like, if this was a show written, like, this season written in that short a period of time, like, I think it's decently written. I think mm-hmm. it's, de- I think it's decently written for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think they chose wrong events to surround it with. Yeah. And... Um, because of that, maybe they made choices they weren't original, originally going to make because, you know, having Jennifer Aniston's character spend most of the show, like, surrounded, like, like navigating what her relationship was with the Steve Carell characters, like, I thought we moved on. Mm-hmm. Like, that was season one. Like, mm-hmm. why is Steve Carell even a main character in season two? Mm-hmm. Um, why, to your point, like the whole first season was about Reese and Jen. Mm-hmm. Why is none of season two about Reese and Jen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were the interesting chemistry. Well, it was actually Reese, Jen, and um, Billy Crudup. And, oh, Cocaine Wolf, as Steven, I call him. Yeah, and like, no, yeah, and like they're all off doing other things and not really interacting with each other that much. Love Juliana Margulies. She brings a fun, interesting something to that show. And I think it's a good. She's a good character to be on that show. Used poorly. Yeah, used um, poorly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my last one is Adele. I did oh. not understand the, the, the love for this album. I did not care for it. I did not think it was great. I thought it was very meh. I haven't really listened to it. Um, <laughs> I think, ironically, the song that's more in my head of Adele's right now comes from 25, not 30. Uh-huh. Um, because of this, t- because of a TikTok trend, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, haven't like I think I listened to it. It was fine. Um, yeah, but like that's not what you expect from Adele, is my point. I need to listen to the whole album, and I'm sure Bobby, my friend Bobby, will has listened to it and has more opinions about it. Um, but uh, yeah, like okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have like. <sighs> I don't know. And maybe this is a something, I don't know what label I'm giving myself, but like there's something about Adele losing all the weight felt weird to me. Like I'm not like if she wants to be thin and she worked really hard for it, like great. I'm very happy for her, but it, it like, it felt inauthentic to me. I mean, I'm just saying this as like someone who knows, who knows nothing what's going on in her life. And I don't know she's not who like I signed up for like five years ago. Yeah. I get that. What about the best? Oh, Britney Spears. <laughs> Brit Brit had a great year. Crazy <laughs> that, ass Britney Spears. Uh, love her. Love her. Like, I mean, uh, I feel bad. Um, I think I've fallen more in love with her over the past year than ever before. Um, I've always liked Brit Brit. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. there's a parody of Britney Spears in my film. Um, but there's, I sometimes feel bad because I really enjoy like the, her crazy. And 
it's a little bit laughing at her, which is the part I feel bad about. But also, like, I'm I'm sort of impressed by her fan base. So it's sort of Britney Spears plus her fan base. Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones who got her out of conservatorship. Right. It's these people who decided, like, that there was a conspiracy and there ended up being a conspiracy. Right. Like, they were right about it. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, and shout Britney out to Spears. that documentary maker too, right? Who oh, yeah, that had something Times, to do with it. For sure. Side note, like forgot about those, but some of those New York Times documentary pieces on Hulu, really, really good. The one about Janet uh, didn't get, you know, the press, the Britney Spears. I mean, obviously none of them have gotten the press the Britney Spears one has gotten, but yeah. the Janet Jackson one is really good too. Oh, Justin Timberlake, you should be canceled after this, but you're not. But whatever. You're now falling in. Justin Timberlake is slowly falling into the Blake Shelton bucket for, for me of white men who should be canceled, but I don't understand why they're not. I mean, I think your first two words explained. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, best of the year? JoJo Siwa. Oh. <laughs> What? I'm so proud of that tiny little lesbian. <laughs> wow, that was a left field one. I know. I decided to be surprising. But I'm really serious about it, though. I think it's amazing that somebody who built a fucking career off being, like, glitters and bows and girliness is, mm-hmm. like, also on my dike. Bye! Like, and, and she's just been totally open and out and she's had a girlfriend and she's just never like, she's just been like from the minute she came out, she's been totally like visible. Like she yeah. didn't go anywhere. She didn't try to change anything. Yeah. She didn't, she's still wearing her bows and her glitter jackets and like, but also looking bomb at like, you know, red carpet events and stuff. And I just think it's very cool that like, there's a generation of kids who like, loved an idol who just is openly out and it's not a big deal that like nobody tried to like there was no murder plot right like (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure somebody said some shit about her on fox news but like honestly i haven't even really heard a whole big thing about it yeah so that's been it's i'm just really i'm it's very exciting to me i think you you have said a couple of interesting touch points there um i'll cover a couple of them um, I think the, the Fox News thing is interesting because I think what, what sort of alt-right conservative news stuff is that there are enough visible people that are LGBT that are loved now that going after them, they just look bad. Mm-hmm. Like they can't, it's, 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 it's honestly easy, easier for them to pull the race card, like pull some backhanded race bullshit then go after a beloved LGBTQ person. Um, especially, you know, because a lot of LGBT prominent figures in the LGBT community are white. You know, it is what it is. Um, there are, you know, more, we do need to hear some more voices of color in the LGBT community, but yeah. Um, so there's that, but also I'm, I experienced this when I was in the Game Men's Chorus of Los Angeles. Shout out. Um, uh, there was an interesting mix of older gay guys and younger gay guys that, that span, you know, 
a generation of 60 year olds to 20 year olds or mm-hmm. vice versa. And the 60 year olds, I would say people like maybe 50 and older, like grew up in the AIDS generation of gay guys. And, you know, a lot of them couldn't come out till later. A lot of them don't speak to their families because they were shunned. A lot of them, like during the 80s and 90s, going to choir rehearsal was the only place they were allowed to be out and like not hide who they were. Like, so the chorus was very much a safe place and like a much needed haven for them. Whereas the younger people, like, they were way like I'm being you know hyperbolic, but they were waving the the, the pride flag like coming out of the womb, um, or maybe not even like they've just been more okay with their sexuality. Their families have been more accepting. Like it wasn't not everyone, but a, a lot of them had like it was like oh, okay, you're gay, great, moving on, or yeah. like didn't even have to come out, or you know, and and it's and JoJo. I, I feel like falls into that category and it's, I fall into the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I came after the age generation, but like before gay marriage and, and some larger like generations of acceptances. Um, and so it's, it's, it's like, I, I personally have some, I'm excited for Jojo and um LGBT people of that generation who have gotten to experience that, but I'm also resentful. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a way. And it's it's really interesting to see how like there's kind of a canyon in the middle of these two groups in a way. Because like the other the groups are not always um being empathetic to each other's journey. Right. And why they are the way they are. Yeah. JoJo and Brit Brit. Mm-hmm. Best of 2021 unwhelmed. <laughs> Leave it up to us to land on a couple of pop divas, right? Crazy pop divas. Uh, Boo, what are you going to be whelmed about in 2022? Um, <laughs> so I'm laughing because I'm looking at my note here. And I, I, I have a typo. Clearly, I said, whelmed about in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, so today we're going to talk about what we're, whel- what we're excited to be whelmed about in 2022. I am excited to be whelmed. Is that redundant? Excited to be whelmed about? I, yes. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, yes, I think so. Um, I am whelmed about, um, well, I'm I, this is stupid because I'm going to watch it later today. Watching this new Adam McKay movie, Don't Look Up, because the trailer looks fantastic. Um, but also for 2022, um, making more friends and dating more in New York. Oh. That sounds lovely. Uh uh-oh. All right. No, I just thought we were doing like pop culture things again. Oh. <laughs> we had a whole conversation in which you said, let's not talk about real stuff. Oh, I mean, okay, fine. Uh-huh. So like when I'm getting ready to say, oh, I'm excited to watch the new Law and Order that's coming back with the guy from Buddy <laughs> <Bunny Notice." laughs> 
now it sounds like I'm not really gonna have a life next year. So <laughs> thanks for that. <sighs> this was special. <laughs> I'm loved about that too. <laughs> All right. Here's to 2022. <laughs> and communication. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> what would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Ah, <laughs> boo.